World Rare Disease Day, held on the last day of February each year, is an annual observance to raise awareness for the 400 million people affected by rare disease globally. World Rare Disease Day 2021 falls on February 28th this year. Visit globalgenes.org forward slash world hyphen rare hyphen disease hyphen day for more information on how you can help elevate the cause and shine a light on rare disease patients and caregivers around the world. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. Jazz Pharmaceuticals has been successful at building and commercializing a growing pipeline of therapies to treat rare neurologic conditions and hematologic cancers. Central to its strategy has been the use of acquisitions to build its pipeline. In fact, we should note that since recording this podcast, the company continued that approach with news that it would acquire GW Pharmaceuticals for $7.2 billion to expand its neuroscience portfolio. We spoke to Robert Yeanone, Executive Vice President of Research and Development and Chief Medical Officer of JASM about the company's neuroscience pipeline, its growing family of commercial products, and how it's preparing to maintain its leadership in the treatment of the rare sleep disorder narcolepsy as new competitors move toward market. Rob, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. We're going to talk about Jazz Pharmaceuticals, its growing pipeline in rare sleep disorders. I think of Jazz having a bit of an unusual mix of drugs in its pipeline. The company is probably best known for its narcolepsy drug, Zyreme, but it has a pipeline of both therapies related to sleep disorders and hematology oncology. How should people think of Jazz, and is there a rational way to understand its mix of products? Yeah, thanks for the question. So you're right, Jazz began as a sleep medicine company, uh, but we now have six therapies on the market across two, I would say, growing therapeutic areas. Neuroscience that includes sleep, but other other neuroscience areas, as well as oncology, which is leukemia's uh, supportive care, such as defibrotide for occlusive disease of the liver, which sometimes occurs with the treatment for leukemia, but also solid tumor oncology. And how did we get there? Well, we really are following a vision to develop meaningful products for patients with significant unmet medical needs. Uh, and we followed the opportunity to do that. And so while we were, uh, as you said, initially in sleep medicine, uh, we had an opportunity uh, to work in other areas in oncology, you know, such as in leukemia with Vixios um, or uh, in another type of leukemia with asparaginase. Uh, and as I said, the fibrotide in, uh, in uh, patients who have complications from their leukemia treatment. Uh, and so we've taken those opportunities where we think we're in a position 
to develop a novel medicine that truly benefits patients. And over time, we've ended up uh, with these two therapeutic areas, and now um, now we've built strength in those areas, uh, and we continue to build on that strength. So to the extent that we had neurologists in the company who are sleep experts, but could also be experts in other neuroscience areas, and to the extent that our commercial organization was connected with neurologists, you know, we could leverage that for new opportunities to build a pipeline, which is now uh, really, I would say, end-to-end from the preclinical space, you know, through phase three and phase four uh, studies. Jazz has focused on orphan indications as the company moves deeper into hematology oncology or new areas in neuroscience. Are you focusing on orphan indications? Does the rareness of a disease matter or are you just being opportunistic and, and going where the science leads you? I think it's more about going where the science uh, leads us. And I would say we are in orphan indications, mostly because we're willing to go there. In other words, uh, if there's a patient population who could really benefit from a novel drug, uh, then we're willing to commit our resources um, to doing so. It doesn't have to be a huge population of patients or market size. And so we're there because uh, we see the importance of these drugs to those patients, you know, even if it's a smaller uh, population of patients overall than other diseases. But that doesn't mean that we wouldn't be willing to get into areas where the population ultimately is much bigger. And we've already done so in, in a couple of examples. So, f- for example, with Sinosi, uh, which is for the treatment of excessive sleepiness, both for narcolepsy, but also obstructive sleep apnea, which is quite common. And and for patients with obstructive sleep apnea, even those who are well-treated with CPAP, uh, the problem of excessive sleepiness during the day, which can impair uh, function related to work, you know, safety related to um, behavior such as driving, et cetera, we think that that can be really impactful. Uh, and I think that's been the case as well on the oncology side where uh, small cell lung cancer is you know, quite a sizable population of patients. I think of Jazz as a, a company that's built a pipeline through licensing and acquisitions. You've got a, a substantial preclinical pipeline today, but as head of R&D, how does that shape your job? What role do you play in evaluating and identifying opportunities or validating a potential acquisition's experimental therapies? Yeah, I think it's it's two things. Um, we follow our vision. If there's an area where we think we can be impactful, to develop a new medication that would make a meaningful difference for patients who have a significant unmet medical need, uh, we'll go there. The, the second part to the answer really is around uh, where the opportunities would be. Um, and so we're very open to developing drugs from the earliest part of that process, even while we're also open to Taking, picking things up uh, mid-stage, for example, and continuing the development and then the commercialization. And I think in order to, to really have a robust pipeline where we maximize our capabilities uh, to meet un- unmet patient needs, uh, we really have to be open to looking at assets across that development pipeline. 
Now we're going to approach it a little differently than some companies might. Uh, larger companies may have deep investments in the preclinical space around drug discovery or chemistry. And we haven't built that per se at Jazz, but what we've become really good at is partnering in areas where we really think we can uh, make a difference. Leveraging our expertise, as I said, scientific expertise across those therapeutic areas. And so an example of that is we saw um, a significant need for a better asparaginase, uh, given that we were marketing urinase and there have been chronic challenges with the quality of that product that have resulted in drug shortages for patients who uh, really need that drug. So we decided from the inception to come up with a novel asparaginase that would be manufactured through a different process that would be uh, more robust, that would allow for us to meet the global supply, that would have consistency in its quality. And so we did that by partnering with a company called Phoenix, who had the technology, the recombinant technology, uh, to achieve what we wanted to achieve, and that is to make the Irwinia-based asparaginase uh, through another mechanism. And what we ultimately landed on in partnership with Phoenix was to do that in Pseudomonas as a recombinant protein. And that led to a healthy volunteer study followed by the ongoing pivotal trial. And so an example of where we really could take something from concept uh, through approval without necessarily having all of the in-house capabilities if we were smart about how we partner. And for listeners who are not pharmaceutical chemists, what is asparaginase and how is it used? Asparaginase is a drug that is really critical for the treatment of acute uh, lymphoblastic leukemia and lymphoblastic lymphoma. So it's used as part of a multi-drug regimen for patients with ALL. And it's actually shown that it contributes to a survival advantage as part of that multi-drug regimen. And so you could imagine if you're a patient in the midst of treatment and you can't access asparaginase, um, that you, you ultimately may have a poor prognosis. Now, what's, uh, what's particular to the Irwinia-derived asparaginase, such as, the, such as Irwinase or the novel asparaginase that we're developing in a pivotal trial, um, is that it's typically used for patients who have an allergic reaction. So the asparaginase that's used initially for patients diagnosed with ALL comes from E. coli, but it's common to have an allergic reaction when you use an E. coli-based asparaginase. And so the standard of care then is to switch to a different type of asparaginase. And Irwinia asparaginase, for whatever reason, is much less likely to cause an allergic reaction in humans. Uh, again, though, with Irwinase often being in short supply, there is a need to have a novel Irwinia-derived asparaginase, which is, which is what we're developing with JZP485. This is a, a dynamic period on the commercial front for Jazz. The company has as many as five drug launches between 2020 and 2021. I, I want to focus on your, your sleep franchise, but before we do that, perhaps it's, it's worth telling listeners about narcolepsy and cataplexy. What are those two conditions? Yeah, so so narcolepsy is a chronic and uh, I would say debilitating neurological disorder uh, for which there is no cure. So patients have this uh, for their lifetime. What happens with narcolepsy is that uh, the sleep cycles and the wake cycle cycles are significantly disrupted. So patients 
um, don't sleep well at night. As a result, they are sleepy during the day and often need uh, many naps in terms of uh, in order to to carry out a normal day. Uh, there's also another symptom called cataplexy, which is specific to some types of type one narcolepsy. There's more than one type of narcolepsy. There's type one and type two, specific to type one. And this is where patients have a sudden uh, and brief but significant loss of muscle tone, uh, even though they're retaining consciousness. And so they might, their knees might buckle, they might fall to the ground, uh, et cetera. And it's very, very disconcerting and interferes with, uh, with daily life. And so those are, those are two of the hallmark symptoms of uh, narcolepsy. I think one of the most surprising things about the condition for me is that it's believed to be significantly underdiagnosed. Why is that? Yeah, it, you know, it may be a bit easier when there's a, a really um, obvious cataplexy component to it. Uh, but short of that, and that we've seen patients who have more subtle cataplexy, um, there are other conditions which can um, result in daytime sleepiness where this could be confused, where sometimes patients, maybe due to lack of awareness or physicians due to lack of awareness, just don't pick up on the symptoms right away and ultimately takes a really astute uh, observation um, to do the right testing to establish, to establish the diagnosis. So you're right. We do think it's uh, either underdiagnosed or, unfortunately, the diagnosis is delayed. And that's in part why Jazz is, you know, committed to activities that really help bring awareness to narcolepsy so that patients who are experiencing those initial symptoms um, can be brought to attention, get a diagnosis, and get a therapy that will help them. Jazz has long marketed Zyreme to treat narcolepsy. How does the drug work, and, and how effective a therapy has it been? So uh, Zyreme uh, was the first drug that it's marketed for narcolepsy, and, and now we have Zywave, and I can speak to the differences uh, between uh, those drugs. Um, they are oxibate as the as the uh, active component, and they're used at nighttime. And so the main way that it works is to improve nighttime sleep uh, as a way of then improving daytime function. And it works remarkably well uh, for both the excessive sleepiness symptoms, but also the uh, cataplexy symptoms. And so there are patients who have numerous, numerous cataplexy events and are uh, chronically sleepy during the day, um, whose cataplexy might go to you know either absent or very infrequent, and who during the day you know have much improved um, sleepiness. Um, I mentioned that Zywave is uh, a more newly approved drug. We developed Zywave uh, as a different formulation of Oxibate, specifically to reduce the sodium content. Um, Zyrem has been a terrific drug for patients over the years, uh, but we've learned over time that the significant sodium content in Zyrem could have negative effects, especially in narcolepsy patients. One thing that's different about this drug compared to other drugs is it's given at a fairly large volume. It's a liquid, uh, and the oxibate for Zyrem is the sodium salt formulation. 
And as a result, if patients are taking up to nine grams of Xyrem a night, they might get as much as 1,500 milligrams of sodium, which gets them near the max of what's recommended for patients as a total sodium intake. And interestingly, narcolepsy patients, for whatever reason, are known to be at risk for negative cardiovascular outcomes. And it may have something to do with the disrupted sleep and the uh, impact that that has on cardiovascular health. And so for patients, as I mentioned, who have a lifelong disease, would need to be on Oxibate for their entire life, the cumulative effect of high doses of daily sodium can be a big negative on their cardiovascular health. And so about a decade ago, we began to work on a new formulation of Oxibate that replaced the sodium largely with other cations in order to have a 92, up to a 92% reduction in the sodium. <clears throat> and we were successful in doing that, demonstrating that Xywave that, uh, is very effective in the treatment of narcolepsy. And in the pivotal trial that demonstrated that, uh, that patients who were on Xyrem could be effectively transitioned you know, easily over to Xywave without any loss of efficacy. Uh, and so that drug is now approved also for narcolepsy ages uh, seven and up for the symptoms of cataplexy and excessive daytime sleepiness. Despite the different <clears throat> formulation, are the mechanisms of action essentially the same? The, uh, the active component is the same between Xyrem and Zywave, uh, exactly the same. It's the oxibate. It's only the uh, salts that are different, uh, whereas Xyrem is mainly sodium oxibate. Zywave has replaced that sodium with other salts, calcium, potassium, and magnesium, uh, and a much smaller amount of sodium. Earlier, you made reference to Sinosi. This is a, a drug for daytime sleepiness for people with obstructive sleep apnea and narcolepsy. What is Sinosi, and, and how does it work? Sinosi is a dual-acting dopamine and norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor. And as you mentioned, it's, appro it's approved by the FDA and in Europe uh, to improve wakefulness in adults who have excessive sleepiness uh, during the day either associated with narcolepsy or obstructive sleep apnea. And so in, in the context of narcolepsy, it's sometimes used on its own. It's sometimes used as an ad, adjunct to Xyrem, which as I mentioned, or Zywave, which I mentioned is um, given primarily at night. Uh, and so it can work in a complementary way. It's also uh, approved in obstructive sleep apnea. And as I mentioned, you know, very common disorder where even effective treatment of the underlying obstruction doesn't always <clears throat> or fully mitigate the excessive sleepiness that happens during the day. And this can be, you know, really life-changing for patients who have that residual sleepiness uh, during the day. And um, we've done driving studies to show that uh, it can improve, improve alertness and, and ultimately attentiveness behind the wheel. Is, is it acting as a stimulant? Not a stimulant per se, the same way amphetamines are, for example, but it does have a learning effect. There are a, a number of branded competitors that have entered the market or about to do so. Some offer a better dosing regimen. How are these competitive threats shaping Jazz's approach to the market? Yeah, I think one thing to remember is what we discussed earlier around Zywave being a drug that works, that's given at nighttime and works really in a unique way for narcolepsy patients. 
an underlying root cause for narcolepsy is the disrupted sleep that occurs at nighttime. And so it's improving that sleep that really addresses the root cause and acts you know, uniquely amongst other uh, therapies for narcolepsy. And as I said, um, it, it can be used adjunctively with other alerting agents during the day, such as, such as Sinosi. But I think these two uh, drugs have unique mechanisms of action. They're complementary, both in terms of how they work, but how they can be given at night and during the day. And, and together, I think, make a substantial difference uh, for narcolepsy patients. Robert Yeanon, Executive Vice President of Research and Development and Chief Medical Officer for Jazz. Rob, thanks for your time today. My pleasure. Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com.